This is the Tribune Audio Network. Hi. Hi. Welcome to Sip, Survive. And repeat. Um, you guys, welcome. We are very apologetic. We skipped a week and then we are delayed this week and life happens. It's fine. Life comes at you fast. Sure does. What is that from? Life comes at you fast. I think it's just a saying. Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Seems like something that would be in that movie. Shake and bake. No, I feel like it I feel like it's like an insurance company. Mm. Is it like Allstate or State Farm or I don't know. Uh nationwide. Oh mm. wow. Yeah. Who says TV commercials don't work? <laughs> you guys, I've yeah. memorized it. Except for I can't remember which insurance company, which is <laughs> not great. No. Anywho, welcome to the podcast. Sorry we are a few days late. Um, my move went swimmingly. Um, I, pol- I feel like I have like the sneezes today. I just keep sneezing. Allergies are really, really bad right now. Would you like an Allegra? No. With Allegra your wine? makes me a little wacky. Oh. Oh, you guys, it's like noon. It's like 1230 and we're drinking. It's fine. And I thought I would have a hard time with this, but I don't. No, we sure don't. <laughs> now, after my first sip, I'm like, eh, this, this feels right. This feels okay. This feels about right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... I will, I think I'm ready to spill the beans to our listeners. Um, so, so you guys are aware I am separating from my husband and, um, we haven't divorced yet, but I moved into an apartment. So I haven't lived in an apartment in a hot minute. It's adorable. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm very excited about this new chapter and, uh, although sad, it's also like a good thing. So yeah any of you who have been through a divorce send me your um you know experiences or advice no yeah I'd love advice um but yeah so all is well I'm in an apartment that is adorable and that's that I just wanted to keep She's everyone got Sedona, in the her dog with oh, her Sedona. and I still have my horse Donna the space Don't is worry. great yeah so yes. we're, we're very happy for you so cheers you. to that cheers speaking of cheers that's a good segue mm-hmm. ooh, ooh. Uh, we have a we have the wines from Magna Wine Boutique, uh, which is in beautiful Bedford, Ohio. And um, I'm out of breath. Hold on. Uh, well, we did just so we just went and saw Jenny's apartment and walked up some stairs. Yes, we're all ate good some now. food, and now we we're going to drink some wine. And my stomach is very full of food. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so we have um, this delicious red wine this week. So I believe this is. From the picks, uh, the seasonal picks from their um, sommelier, mm. um, because then they have the sweet uh, boutique, which right. we're going to be doing next week. So this one is called, oh God, can I pronounce it? I can't see the uh, label. Trentadu Winery. I'm o- so glad you do these. OPR, it's the Old Patch Red, and it's from 2018. Oh, I just, I, I did a bad job pouring. There's like wine on the I outside of the bottle. I actually poured it. My fault. Ooh. It's fine. Danelle. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. So I'm going to tell you what they told us about this wine. It's predominantly a Zin blended with Petite Syrah and Carignane. C-A-R-I-G-N-A-N-E. I've never heard of that. I don't Hmm. even know what that is. So, um, okay. It's fruity, full-bodied with black cherry aromas. And it's fresh and juicy with youthful brightness, which is pretty much how people describe me. 
is what I've heard. So, um, (laughs) it can be paired with almost anything or enjoyed by itself. We already ate. So we're like, this is like our post lunch cocktail, which I don't think you're supposed to do, but, uh, we say, fuck the rules. Do what you want. I do what I want, bitches. Um, So we want to thank Magna for supplying us with this amazing wine. If you guys are interested in joining their wine club, it's super easy to do, and they ship all over the United States. So if you live in the US of A, you can log on to magnawineboutique.com and click on Wine Club, and um, you get two wines every month. I believe the cost is $50, but that includes shipping. So uh, definitely worth it, and their wines are all very different never heard of them never seen them in stores before um they're just very unique so i definitely suggest it um they also were just on tv recently and i'm pretty sure they mentioned that they're opening a second location they are yes so they are currently in bedford ohio but they are opening a second location in cuyahoga falls if i'm not mistaken um if i am mistaken i will correct myself next week (laughs) okay good (laughs) I'm like waiting for Danelle to correct me. I'm like, yeah, that's great. Right. Um, so we're really excited for them. Glad that they're growing. I mean, this is a company that opened during a pandemic and is already opening a second location. So congrats to them. Yes. Uh, love you guys. Love your wines. Um, and we can't wait to come, uh, not just pick up our next batch of wine, but also we're going to buy some. Yeah. I, so I'm taking orders, Jenny and Kenny, if you guys um, want anything. OPR is going to be me too. one of them. Yeah. It's so good, you so, guys. So uh, Carnier... Yes. which I think you pronounce correctly, is a red grape variety. I did not pronounce so it right. I said Carignane. Well, this is also my interpretation of how it's pronounced, so Great. that could also be wrong. Great. Okay. So it sounds like it's a grape. Oh, okay. A, a type, type of, of grape. grape. Okay. Sure. That's what I assumed since it was other types of grapes yeah. mixed together. So Really smooth. And it has a Zin, uh, Zinfandel in it, which I'm not a huge fan of Zinfandel, oh. but this I can get behind. I love this. It's it's. I feel like it's very juicy, very but Pinot Noir esque. Yeah, it's juicy and smooth, uh-huh. which I really appreciate. I love those two things together. Yeah, again, that's how people describe Danelle. Just like <laughs> juicy, juicy and smooth. <laughs> Claude, Todd, what do you think? <laughs> oh shit. Okay. Oh. Um. So yes. So thank you, Magna Wine Boutique. Uh, if you guys want to check them out, they're also on social media, so you can see what they're doing. They have lots of like events and fun stuff. Yeah. Um. Any updates from anyone here? I had an update on one of your guys' old stories. Oh, shit, son. So (laughs) this is actually Danelle's old story. Remind me. Magawa, the mind-detecting rat, wins a gold medal. (gasps) Oh, I'm sorry. I screamed screamed into the microphone. Kenny's ears are bleeding. (laughs) He has sniffed out 39 landmines and 28 unexploded munitions in his career. He's the first rat of the 30 animal recipients of the PDSA... To like ever win this, give that rat a medal. Oh my god, does he wear it? He better. Yes, I think he's wearing it in this picture. Looks like a little. Let me see. Let me see. Oh my looks god. like a little gold medal. Oh my god! Guys. Oh my god! Oh my That's god. actually one of my favorite stories I've ever done. I think, like, I have goosebumps. I'm so excited for him. Someone also sent me on Instagram. Um, a friend of mine from like back in the day. She's a listener, and she sent me something else about that story and I don't remember what it was but she's like you guys did this story I'm like we sure did I love that yes. story so congratulations oh, we got mouse we got an Instagram message from someone no an email 
an Instagram, a message. Oh boy. We got a message from someone on something. And um, <laughs> they have a very cool survival story, like first person. Mm. So I'm going to try and get in touch with her. Maybe we can do like um, a conference call and get her full story and then talk about it on the next. Or Wonderful. maybe not the next one, but a coming up episode. Give us a couple weeks. Yeah. We'll get it we're together. We're really not together at all. It's okay. I mean, Kenny and Danelle just saw my place and the bathroom and my room are. You just moved in. I know. I'm still like, oh, I want and it's to so be funny because we are both like we're gonna be super prepared this week because we've taken two weeks off and neither of us are at all prepared at all prepared. So correct, yes. So apologies in advance, but we <laughs> love you and we think that it's great. Um, oh, and also we are one review away from a hundred. So somebody go on and review us and get us to a hundred. Yes, we would love it. We're so excited. We're at ninety nine. We're very like, come on, one more. So, um, and then if you guys are wine and crime listeners, uh, thank you for tuning in. I know we just had, um, our promo just aired on one of their episodes, I think episode 189. So, um, if you are a wine and crime listener, thanks for tuning in. We hope you like us. Um, I think maybe we don't crack as many jokes as the gals, but, uh, I think sometimes we're funny. Occasionally. Occasionally. From time to Depends time. on how much wine we have. And this is a 15 percenter, so it should get good. So bye. <laughs> midday 15% wine and it's really good so I'm definitely going to have another glass mm-hmm. because naturally like I usually do when I sit down I'm like I'm only gonna, I'm gonna work out later so I'm gonna have one glass we'll see you have enough hours between now and working out that you can have two glasses I do yeah I'm art I already have a sweat stash <gasps> amazing <laughs> and we our furnace is broke so you know it's not hot in here no it's just me it's 67 in here so you guys lame okay who wants to go first with their unpreparedness? I'll go first. Great. <laughs> so you can read your story while I'm doing mine. Okay. Um, <laughs> so this is the survival story of Jack Gershman. Ooh. Um, it's a father and son story. Mm. And this happened in July of this year. So it's oh. super recent. Oh. And they were, it's kind of a short little ditty, but... Um, they were on a family outing in California's Tahoe, uh, national forest, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming is pretty large and robust. I, I would assume I could have so. looked it up, but I didn't. Mm. Um, so the dad, <laughs> Ari, he is a physician and this article said a pharmaceutical executive nowhere else that I did actually read said that they just said he was a doctor. So I'm just going to go with, he's a doctor. Okay. Not that that really matters, but um, I love when you can like read the same story out of multiple outlets and so many like little things tweak about it. So yeah. just something to point out. Okay. So um, it was the dad, Ari, um, and the son, Jack, who was 15 years old or who is 15 years old because this just happened. So him and his dad decided to leave their campsite and go for like a little off-roading adventure in the Tahoe National Forest. And they'd stopped in an area known as the Poker Flat region, which sounds like it's kind of a popular, like popular trails and stuff like that. Do you think Lady Gaga goes there to sing Poker Face? I bet you. That's where she shot the video. I just love it. I want to. I don't know. I can't think of the words. I'm just trying to like read, like not lose my place in my reading line. I wonder if that's where she shot Poker Face, though. Probably not. Probably not, but right. I like it. I like the thought of it. I like her in the woods. <laughs> I like her singing her pop music. There. So they were poker facing around the flat region <laughs> around 9 a.m. on July 3rd, 
Yes. And they had gotten a little lost and they noticed a blue ATV, which is like a four wheeler, mm-hmm. um, pulled up beside them out of nowhere. So they Do you were know like, what ATV stands for? Um, no, I don't. I feel like I should though. All terrain vehicle. Oh, I knew that. I, I almost you said automotive in the country. I know. I almost said automotive <laughs> terrain vehicle, but I'm like, I know the first word's not automotive. Um, so they were at like a fork in the road with the um, paths or whatever. And so they stopped, they were stopping for a minute and kind of discussing like which way they should go. They were lost. And this ATV pulled up next to them out of nowhere. Oh my God. I almost did this story. Not even kidding. Oh my God. Continue. And so the dad was like, as I would say, like, let's just ask someone for directions. Anytime like Todd and I are lost or we stop somewhere, I always want to ask for directions. Fuck yeah. The guy never does because we can figure because it out, right? Because the fucking patriarchy. Right. That, but this that dad. That is a wine and crime reference But for this our new dad listeners. was yes. open to it. Yes. But he Good. shouldn't have been. Oh God. Why okay. is this guy evil? Oh my God, is he evil? Oh my He's God, I'm so nervous. Oh my God, I'm so, so nervous. Um, so the dad turns to the side and he's like, hey, can you help us? Like we're, and the guy pulls out a gun <gasps> and just starts shooting at the Jeep. Nope. Out of nowhere for Mm-mm. no reason. Um, so Ari, the dad put, he had enough wherewithal to put the car in drive. And if you think of a Jeep, I mean, it's, it's super exposed. Like there's no doors, there's no roof. Okay. So they were no, in like a Jeep, Jeep. Yeah. Because they were off-roading. So they want like the full experience. They're in like a Jeep Great. Wrangler. Mm-hmm. Um, so... The dad had enough wherewithal to put it in drive because they were in park and just gunned it and took off. And unfortunately, the dad was shot. No. I don't know if he was shot multiple times, but he was shot um, in the chest. Mm -mm. And he pulled far enough away where he managed to stop the Jeep, put it in park. And then Jack, the son, just got out and booked it. Like took off. Oh, no. Because his dad was on foot. Mm Mm-mm. Um, the dad died right outside the Jeep. So I think he kind of like fell out of the Jeep and passed away. And I'm sure he said something to the son, like run or go or do something where, cause if he would have stayed his learner's permit though, who the son, well, he ran, I don't know. Okay. I mean, okay. I think he just, well, think about it. If the dad fell out of the Jeep, maybe he was in the way and the son didn't want to like run him over or I don't know. Like, okay. He I just, mean, he, again, he took off on foot. This sounds terrifying. It, Continue. Yeah. So he was able to go run into the woods where he ended up hiding out for 30 hours. So that's slightly over a day. Yeah. Math. And I believe this forest is extremely large. Again, I should have looked it up, but <laughs> I just feel like Lake it's, Tahoe is really big. So it, I'm assuming I've that never the, been to Lake Tahoe. So I feel and I know it's big, but it's big. And I assume the forest surrounding said I mean, I was there. I saw forests. I stood by trees. It seemed large. Well, he was also only wearing a t-shirt and shorts. Stop. Time out. I just want to tell everyone, per my parents who are warriors, my parents used to get so mad at me when I would leave in just like no coat. I had nothing in my car and it'd be like the dead of winter in Ohio. They were like, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? And they're like, you you should have a blanket in your car. You should have jumper cables. You should have a coat. You should have a hat and gloves. Like, what if something happens? And I was always like, and Mace. Okay. Jenny, we've had this conversation. So Jenny, now that she lives in her apartment, I'm, I'm a lady alone, except for with my son who is five. So I don't think he's going to do much. We're going to take the women's mountain class. Wild women, we're gonna take the wild class. women wilderness class Whatever together. The fuck that was. And Jenny, we're gonna get you some a taser. We talked about. 
I said no to the taser. I'm getting you a taser. Do they even sell tasers (laughs) for civilians? I think so. I think so. (laughs) Jesus, really? I don't know. Here's the problem. I remember one at a party one time in college and someone was like, Jesus, what kind of party was that? Someone was like, look, I have a taser. Oh, That sounds like some sort of party. Listen, we're going to get you a proper bug out bag. With blankets, mace, a taser, all the things, <laughs> and a bottle of wine. Okay. Anyway, so... And a bottle of wine. It better be a twist-off. Side oh, note, yeah. the Old Patch Red that we're drinking, the OPR, is a twist-off. You know, I used to be so against a twist-off Mm-mm. because I thought it was lower quality. Now, I o- I don't only, but I will... I appreciate it. Buy a twist-off over a cork. Oh. I mean, you guys have seen my corking skills. They're not great. I don't Uncorking have any. skills. I don't have any skills. I'm like... Um, I have to tell you though, I, so now I live near Trader Joe's and they have a, um, you know, the Charles Shaw, two buck Chuck. Oh yeah. Uh, Charles Shaw is two buck Chuck. They have a new one called Shaw Hmm. and it's like, I don't know. I don't know. Six buck. No, it's like (laughs) six fifty or something. It's like, whatever the, the cork is cork, but you can pop it out just like you can with like Mm -hmm. a champagne. I like that. There's less, you know. Can you recork it? Yes. But now they make things to. Re- I mean, you can just use one of yeah, your little you gadgets. Can. You can okay. recork it, but yeah, it just pops out like a like a champagne one. Wine makers listening, make. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot. There's a lot. We're make so your screw off caps, and also make what? Make your screw off caps. Yeah. And also maybe be a sponsor. Whatever. Okay. We love wine. So Jack runs into the woods. He's only wearing a t-shirt and shorts. Lame. Mm-hmm. And he's freaked out. He's 15 years he's old. Freaked out doesn't and know where he is. Freezing. They're from California, but not this area. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think this is like an hour from where they grew up or live. Did you know that Lake Tahoe spans between two states? No, Nevada, right? Nevada and, and California. I think this. M- they might have been on the Nevada side. Yeah, maybe. I did read a bunch of Reddit comments where people were like, this is technically the night. Like they were arguing on there which side it was. Who cares? Listen, Reddit. Listen, us Ohioans don't care because we don't know the difference. <laughs> um, it's to us, it's out west. And it's the woods. <laughs> so he tried to call the police, but there was no cell reception. Ugh. Well, there was limited cell reception, so he couldn't did make he have the connection. Because that's what I have, and it's awful. Or T-Mobile. <laughs> They're the same now. Oh, they did are. Did you know that? They had a T-Mo- buyout. T-Mobile bought Sprint. I've always had Verizon, but back here where we live, apparently the word on the street is, is that Verizon does not work very well in this town. I see. So you might want to keep your Sprint. I think I am. Okay. I'm not against and it. And it's a lot more affordable. It is. And I haven't had any issues at My, the apartment. So. Our cell phone bill is outrageous, and yeah. there's just two of us. Yeah. Well... I don't know how much you pay, but I just got a text from Sprint that was like... It's like $200 a month. No, Sprint for one line was 100 Oh, so that's about right. Lame. Anyway. <laughs> Unlimited data, though. So his Sprint cell service was down. Good. And he couldn't get reception. <laughs> so he said the main thing in his head at the moment in an article to People magazine mm. is that, oh, that's where I saw the story. I was at Giant Eagle checking out. It's a, little, <laughs> it's a grocery store here, and it was on the front of People magazine, and I took a picture what of it. you were like, it was on the front of National Enquirer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I took a picture of it in line because I'm like, oh, there's a story. Like, okay. um, so he said the main thing in his head was to just get away from that place, get cell reception, and make sure the police find him. Those were his Good. three goals. Good. So he ran as far as he could, as fast as he could to get away from the crazy man. When you're 15, you can run fucking fast. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine 
trying to do that now. I would no, be, we couldn't even again, go up two flights of steps or down I, two flights. Again, of steps. R- remember when we started this podcast and I was out of breath from talking? <laughs> okay, God. great. Um, so Kenny's he, a young buck, though. We should we should say that because some people might I be feel new. Like he's like sporty. Look at him. He's six four. He's skinny. He as does fuck. sand volleyball. He weighs less than I do. It's fine. <laughs> uh, he's like twenty five. Engaged, yeah, engaged, engaged with a new puppy. Um, mm. So he was finally able to make the nine one one call. Good. In between the nine one one call and him running, fleeing the scene, he was able to call, make a connection with his mom's phone, and left her a voicemail. Oh no! Which freaked her the fuck out because he was like, "Dad's been, I, I don't Dad's know exactly, shot? but yeah, but it was very like scattery, so she didn't know what was going mm. on, and then he finally, as a mom, I can tell you that would freak me the fuck out yeah and she didn't know all the information and they were gone obviously he was gone for 30 hours so um also his phone died after he so he he made contact with police but then his phone he didn't have a ton of battery so his phone ended up dying so he spent most of the time alone he said praying before the authorities authorities found him the authorities found him and um they had helicopters out and all sorts of shenanigans to finally find him um let's see did he get a good look at the shooter well so he they found him on july 4th again because it was a day later he oh he said he survived by keeping his cool and drinking from a stream um be careful those streams he was covered in bug bites and scratches when he was this must have been like oh yeah it was summer this must have been summer you just (laughs) said but i bet you it gets cold i bet you (laughs) july I bet this you it gets cold up there at night, yeah. wouldn't you say? Wouldn't I mean, you I don't say? know. It's the, it's the mountains. Does it get cold up there? I would assume so. I think so. I don't um, know. I was there in January, so it was fucking freezing. Oh, really? Yeah, I guess so. Um, he was then reunited with his family with oh. minor cuts and bruises, whatever. Mm-hmm. Authorities said the suspected gunman, later identified as John Thomas Conway, had also shot two other people in the forest that same day. Does that make him a serial killer if he shoots three people? And I think he shot someone else in the town he was from. Oh. So technically, yeah, I think so if you kill over three people. John Thomas. John Thomas Conway. Dickhead. Mm. He was apprehended after several wildlife officers who'd set up a roadblock um, saw him driving an ATV. So he stuck with the ATV game plan. Stayed on that blue ATV, which, come on. Yeah. Way to be a dumbass. We like that. Um, basically, they set up a roadblock, and they saw him driving the ATV at high speeds through the forest. <laughs> mm. And um, the he he tried to go through the roadblock, almost running over the wildlife officers. Like these are wildlife officers. Like no, don't run them over. They're not like regular police officers. Like even if I mean, they, they are police officers. But I mean, Here's like what I'm saying. I know. Yeah, you're right. Let's just let's just. <laughs> Everyone relax. Don't run people over with your ATV. Calm down. Whether they're police or wildlife officers or civilians, well, you shouldn't run people over in The general. wildlife officer, one of them was a badass and actually tried to block off the ATV, yeah. leading to a collision. Mm. Um, officers ended up opening fire and deployed the K-9 unit after him. Yeah, they did. He was caught. Good. He was only 40 years old, taken into custody, and he was transported to the hospital because they were shooting at him. Um, and did the dogs fuck him up a little too? I think so, yeah. Okay. But the, no dogs were hurt in this. Thankfully. No dogs were hurt thankfully. In, in the capture of this man. <laughs> yes. So he's now facing charges of murder, attempted murder, robbery, assault. He also had a warrant out for his his that's, arrest for a um, adjacent county. Yeah, that sounds right. 
and he was that county's most wanted on their most wanted list. Do you think there were posters? For over a year. (gasps) Do you think there were posters up of him? Probably. So he had been hiding, he'd been hiding out for a year. Mm. Crazy pants. And then decided, you know, what would be great. Just randomly went on a shooting spree. Perfect. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Uh, burglary, a felon in possession of a firearm, you know, your typical, typical and, dumbass um, shit. Yeah. Exactly. So Jack, the 15 year old said, quote to CBS news that, um, his father did not make it. His father ended up dying. Yeah. And he just said he, he hopes that, um, the killer spends the rest of his miserable life in jail. Now, the sad part about the story is Jack's mom, Uh-oh. she not only lost her husband, yeah. but she's also currently battling cancer. No. So it sounds like, and I could I could have this part a little wrong, but it sounds like this was like a family getaway for them Ugh. to like, like a retreat kind of. of yeah. Things. So a GoFundMe account has been set up for yes. the family. Okay. To help pay for the funeral arrangements and like um, her chemotherapy. Mm. Um she her name is Paige. She's now a single mom to three children. Oh. So ages 16, 15, who's who was Jack, and then 10. Mm. And um she or they the family has stated that uh Ari the dad died doing what he loved, which was spending time with his son in an area they had hoped to retire to someday. So it sounds like they had vacationed in that area yeah. before. They were somewhat familiar, but maybe not like off the off-roading portion. Um the GoFundMe account will go to pay for funeral costs, chemotherapy treatments, and doctor's appointments, family counseling, and daily expenses. Um, she did have a career. She, I mean, she was a mom, which is a career. Um, but she also did something with. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say it right, but like speech pathology type okay. type thing. Sure. Um, so, as of yesterday, whenever I updated the story. The GoFundMe account was at $630,000 toward a $650,000 goal. Ah! So if you're interested and you want to donate, the GoFundMe account is up is set up for Dr. Ari Gershman's family. Okay. And that's G-E-R-S-H-M-A-N-S hmm. family if you want to find them. So I just hope nothing but the best for them. And they've had a really, I mean, not only is she battling cancer and is a single mom now, she lost her husband and a very tragic, nonsensical act. So... Right. So Just sad. like so random. Yeah. But I mean, Jack did the right thing. He fleed the scene and um I'm just glad they found him so quickly cuz sometimes we've done stories where people are out there for a, for hot a week minute. and like yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm I am glad that he was able to connect with his mom too even though it was like freaked her out probably, but at least she knew like he was alive during those 30 hours. Right. So so just. that is the survival story of Jack Gershman. Um, and I'm also going to call his, his mom Paige a survivor too, because she's, yes. she's going to kick this cancer's ass. That's right. Good. Good. I love that. That was a great story. Thanks. Yay. Been sitting on that one for a week. I have a sweat stash, like nobody's business. You Get guys. it. And Danelle doesn't have heat in her house. So that tells you. So you don't you. have an excuse. It's the wine. That's my excuse. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So. Per usual, I picked this story, and then I thought, as I opened it today, have we done this before? Um, it gets confusing. Just anyone who does a podcast, you know what we're talking about. Sometimes you do a story, you totally forget if you did it before or if somebody else did it before. And, like, day-to-day, I can't even remember what I did yesterday. So Correct. to remember a story that we did months ago, who knows? I mean, at this point, it could have been more than a year ago We that do we did have this. a log of all our stories, but to check that, 
I I kind of stopped doing that. Oh, I, I did mean, it. I did, like a, I did it. I did it for like a week. Yeah. We, so it's fine. We anyway, do- anyway, we're fine. Yeah. Good, great. Um, <clears throat> this is the story of Ar- Armando Sacaris Ramirez. I should stop with accents. It's not good. Um, and this is how he escaped Cuba in 1969. Mm. Um, so this is a Reader's Digest classic. Our favorite. It was first. I feel like we should subscribe to Reader's Digest just to, because we somehow owe them money, I'm sure. Oh, for sure. off all their for stories. Sure. And in all honesty, if we do get readers, I kind of want the large print version. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, at my grandma's house. Yeah, I feel like in the bathroom. I naturally. I don't like wearing my glasses. Don't tell my dad who's my eye doctor. Um, <laughs> I have LASIK, so it doesn't matter for me. Mm, I want. I think I want to get LASIK, but I don't think my vision is bad enough. I have astigmatism, so my eyes are shaped like footballs instead of basketballs. Yeah, Todd, my husband has astigmatism in one of his eyes, and they won't. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you can get, or at least for him. I know. just don't think it. I don't know. It may not help is what I've heard. So anyway. Anyway. Sorry. Sidebar. Sidebar on LASIK. Um, Okay. So this is the story of how he got off Cuba. So uh, let's start off at the beginning. For months, um, Armando's friend Jorge Perez Blanco and him had been planning to escape Cuba by stowing away in the wheel well of an airplane no and this is the 60s right 69 okay a great year wink wink nudge nudge i'm a 13 year old boy 69 get it Ah. i have to say every time i hear the number 69 i do giggle a little but i have to say i also would agree that 69 is not the best position so those are my two cents i mean it's not my favorite there's too much work and things happen it's no Mm -mm. Uh, okay Danelle disagrees, <laughs> obviously. Anywho, now I'm going to get blushed. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to get blushed. Oh, my God. We can't even look at Kenny right now. We're just going to ignore that he's here. Because he's like our he's like our little brother. Yeah, that's weird. Okay. I think Todd's mom listens to this, too. So oh, shit. That's really Sorry. Sorry, Becky, Todd's close mom. your ears. Becky. Sorry. Becky, turn this off. I'm saying it, though. Yeah, I didn't say anything. Nobody, I just, you reacted, I didn't disagree. Though. You reacted. Okay. Anywho, uh, so they decided they were weird turn. Sorry. Um, Okay, so they decided that they were going to jump on to number 904, which was Iberia's weekly nonstop flight from Havana to Madrid, Spain. What? That is a long flight to take, boys. Why not do the wheel well? Why not do like the Key West one? Get ready. We're going to get into it. Um, so it's June 3rd, 1969, and their moment has come. They are hiding in the grass mm. on the airport lot. Because this was before, obviously, 9-11 and before, like, there was a lot of security. Yeah. And I don't know how Cuba worked back then, but, like, even here, I think it was just kind of, like, a free-for-all. A free-for-all. Like, like no aviation in general was, like, a free-for-all back then. I think up until 9-11, it was kind of a free-for-all. Like, not only are you hiding in a wheel well, but I feel like flying wasn't super safe in the 70s either. So the I mean, chances for no of... other reason, you could smoke on the plane. So, like, you were getting lung cancer. Right. And they, do- they didn't fly themselves like they do now. Right. So you could risk falling out of the wheel well, but your plane could also crash. Yes. So, and here's the thing that got me. Uh, Armando was 17 mm. and Jorge 
was 16. Oh. These young men they just wanted, went out. They wanted to escape Cuba so bad that this was their master plan. Yeah. And I was oh. like, oh, God. Um, to Spain. To Spain. I mean, again, they had looked into the U.S., but there was a reason. Again, okay. I haven't read this in a week, so. Um, <laughs> it's coming back to you. It's coming back to me slowly. Um, okay. So the what happened is the planes would taxi um, to the end of an 11,500-foot runway. They would stop momentarily after they turned around, and then they would roar. You know how, you know how planes work, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you taxi, you stop, you pivot, and then you sh- yeah. go fast. By the way, a flight from Havana to Madrid is eight hours. Oh, this says 10 and a half hours. Jesus. Okay, they said eight, but But yeah. this says Madrid... Oh, no, from Madrid to... This is from Madrid to Havana, so maybe the trade winds make it longer. Yeah, So this probably. is the opposite way, but that's a long time. Anyway, okay. Eight hours in a wheel well? No. Terrible idea. Hard pass. Whatever. Uh, so the boys wore rubber-soled shoes to help them crawl into the wheel well. Mm. They had ropes to secure themselves once they got inside, and they also stuffed cotton in their ears because they knew it would be loud. I'm like, this doesn't sound like a surgical strike at all. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are doing, but okay. I keep forgetting I have my actual mouse here today. Um, so they're laying there. They're sweating in the grass because it's Cuba. And they start running and um, they dashed onto the runway. And Jorge began to scramble up the 42-inch tires. Mm-hmm. So the tires are 42 inches high. Like, I... I've never actually stood next to a plane. I've only gotten on them. Yeah. So I only know from the jetway. And their the tires jetway, always look small, but. 42 inches. That's not small. That's not small. That's big. <laughs> um, 48 inches is four feet. So 42 inches is, you know. Yeah. Less than that. <laughs> 15%. Math. Did you know that Skills. 42 inches is less than 48 inches? <laughs> Math. Kind of like our call this morning of meter. Shit. Okay. So there wasn't enough room in the first wheel well for them both to fit. Oh, so, no, they're separated. So Armando's like, shit, I got to go to the other wheel well. So he starts scrambling up on the other side. And he pulls himself up, and it's semi-dark. And the plane immediately starts moving again. <sighs> so he, Wouldn't you be afraid? Sorry. Wouldn't you be afraid the wheels would come up and crush you? Yeah. Okay. Get ready for okay, that. Okay, sorry. So he grabs some machinery so he wouldn't fall the fuck out. God. And he said the roar of the engines nearly deafened him. So I think that cotton wasn't quite enough. Earplugs. I don't know if they had earplugs back then. Yeah. Well, I, I don't, it was the 60s. Yeah. Um, so they became airborne and the double wheels became scorching hot because um, they were just going really fast on <laughs> pavement. <laughs> and they began to fold into the compartment where he was hiding. So he said he tried to flatten himself. Oh, God. And uh, they came closer and closer. (laughs) And he said he was desperate because he was like, shit, these are going to crush me. So he started to push them with his feet. And they're hot. Yeah. He's pushing the. It's a good thing he had those rubber-soled shoes on. (laughs) Um, He starts pushing them with his feet. um, But obviously, they were too powerful. And so they squeezed him against the roof of the well. And he said, tucked him up in there safely. Well, he said that he felt he would be crushed, but the wheels locked in place and the bay doors beneath him closed. So he said then it was pitch motherfucking black. Just full on darkness. Get ready. We're not done yet. 
Um, so he, he's in there. He's this, uh, Armando's only five foot four and 140 pounds. Thankfully. And I'm like, go wait, but it's not really my goal weight. Um, <laughs> there's no way. I'm goal gonna... height. No. <laughs> yes. Just cut a few inches off. It'll be fine. <laughs> That'll get rid of the extra weight. Right. <laughs> um, so he is, uh, wedged in there. He cannot move and he's in a, it says a spaghetti like maze of conduits and machinery. And he said he couldn't even move. Like, he brought ropes to tie himself so he wouldn't fall out. But he couldn't move enough to tie himself to anything. He's just wedged in there. Then he was trying to catch his breath. And the bay doors started open. No. So the wheel is coming back out. And is it because he's in there? Like, yes. Oh, my God. So his immediate thought is shit they know i'm in here they saw me like i'm gonna get arrested i'm gonna get killed no my immediate thought would be like i'm going to fall out well yes that too (laughs) but his immediate thought i mean again this is cuba in 69 yeah and these are teenage boys and he's thinking castro's police are gonna come and arrest him and like put him in jail and like torture him Mm. and he's gonna die a terrible death um but by the time the wheels began retracting again he saw he like when the wheels went down mm-hmm. he finally had like a moment to like unstick himself from where he was and uh-huh. he saw a little space he could crawl into okay so that's what he did so and then the wheel started retracting again so he's like okay i guess they didn't see me so basically what happened is when the wheels came up and he was in the way mm-hmm. and he was almost crushed um there was like a light that came on in the cockpit and the pilot saw oh. the light and it was like there was an issue with the the gear, the landing yeah. gear on the whatever right side of the plane. So, and I guess the pilot was talking to like, and then, yeah, the pilot was talking to control, the control tower and they were like, are you having an issue? And he's like, yeah, the gear didn't close properly. So he like put it down and then he put it back up and it, then it did close properly because Armando got the fuck out of the way. Armando, stay out of the wheel well. <sighs> So, and it's um, not like he could talk to his friend, like, how are you positioned? Like, if they had walk, it's not like they had walkie talkies where he'd be like, how are you positioning yourself? Like, are you okay? Like, he's alone in this dark space. Yeah. It's so scary. And he cannot, I mean, now again, once the wheel goes up, he can't see again. So he doesn't mm-hmm. even know if Jorge is there. He's like wedged in between all this machinery down there. And he said, after a few minutes, mon- a few minutes, he touched the, the wheel that was like flaming hot before and it has cooled off completely okay. because it is fucking freezing up there <laughs> um so guess he, you wouldn't have a sweat stash up there no Jenny. i for sure wouldn't i for sure wouldn't so he he actually he my favorite he brought a couple aspirin oh. and he went ahead and took those to try and get rid of the headache he had from all the noise oh. i was like an altitude change and like you said yeah they're forty thousand feet in the air it's got to be freezing yes i will tell you how freezing when i get to it i'm pretty sure it's negative something degrees oh my God. All right. Um, he swallowed some aspirin and he began to wish he had worn something warmer than a light sports shirt and green fatigues. So oh. that, yeah, that I, maybe he, I don't maybe think they, I don't think these boys well understood. Researched. Yeah. I don't think the boys understood how cold it gets up there. Mm-hmm. It gets real cold up there in the atmosphere. So, um, so the takeoff had been normal except for that issue with the landing gear. Captain Valentin Vera del Rey was 44 and he was settled in. It was going to be an overnight flight to Madrid. And um, there were 147 passengers and a crew of 10. 
they lifted off at 170 miles per hour. So imagine that just being wedged in some machinery and you're not, it's not pressurized. It's not no anything. No. And that's, I mean, at least when they put pets in that, like they're not in the wheel. Well, they're in the fucking place where you put your luggage. And at least to some degree, there's some control there. Mm -hmm. Still would never do that. No, absolutely not. But I'm just saying like, you're in a place where people shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, so anyway, do, 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 uh, at this part, Armando is shivering uncontrollably because it is bitter cold. In fact, hold on. I'm trying to look for it. God damn it. I think it was negative 40. Jesus. Really? Yeah. Negative 40 degrees. No, you would die. You should die. But they didn't. Because this is Sip Survivor Pete. Oh, shit. <laughs> You're right. That's the name of our podcast. Yes. Um, and at this point, he start, he's shivering uncontrollably and he's wondering if his friend Jorge made it into the, wheel, into the other wheel well. Um, and he started thinking about what brought him to this desperate situation. He thought about his parents that he left behind, his girlfriend, Maria. And, um, he wondered what they would think when they learned what he had done. Cause they didn't know. Oh, he didn't tell anybody. No, him and him and Jorge had this plan. Um, so his father was a plumber. He had four brothers and a sister and they were poor like most Cubans at the time. Um, their house in Havana was just one big room. Um, food was scarce and strictly rationed. And they, he said the only fun he ever had was playing baseball and walking with Maria along the seawall. Oh, romantical. <laughs> um, so when he turned 16, the government shipped him off to vocational school. Okay. And it was in a sugarcane village. And he was supposed to learn about welding, like he was supposed to learn like a trade, but classes often were interrupted because they would just send them off to plant cane. Oh, great. So basically so they just became, learning. yes, they basically became slave labor. Yeah. It's not like they were paying these kids to do that. Right. They're like, oh yeah, you're in school. Great. Come plant this cane sugar. Come do this job for Fuck. free. Um, so he was super tired of living in a state that controlled everyone's life and he really wanted freedom. And his ultimate goal was to move to the United States. Um, which I'm going to be honest with you right now. I'm not sure if you want to be in the United States, a real <laughs> shit show, but that's fine. Um, it's also the 70 or 69, 60, 70s. Yes. So a lot of Cubans had gotten to America and done well there. Um, but they, and there were plane loads of people who would be allowed to leave Havana and go to Miami. And they, there were planes every day that went from Havana to Miami. But the waiting list to get on one of these planes was 800 thousand people jesus but what about hiding in the wheel well <laughs> i don't know there's no list for that no but i have no idea like no like i'm not making fun of the victims here but or survivors here but like if that's an hour flight right probably wouldn't you do that versus spain so far god i have no idea okay go on. um so he found jorge and they both discussed how they didn't love Cuba and they thought it was like terrible. Um, basically saying the system takes away your freedom forever. Um, so Jorge was the one who came up with, they, he knew they had a weekly flight to Madrid and they would go to the airport and kind of like do some reconnaissance mm -hmm. on that flight. And um, they could see that like they watched a plane it was a dc-8 it took off and flew directly over them and they could see that the wheels were still down and they could see into the wells okay so i think part of this was just like the opportunity to like 
explore the plane and how it all worked yeah was more available with this particular flight yes and again we're talking about a 17 and a 16 year old right um so armando said there's enough room in there for me again five foot four 140 pounds like fine Mm -hmm. fine sir but yeah we didn't i don't think he knew how cold it was gonna be so he's lays he's laying in the freezing darkness they're more than five miles above the atlantic ocean and they'd been in the air for about an hour and he said he started getting lightheaded Mm. and um he just again started thinking about like the people he had left behind he started thinking about jorge and wondered if he was in there too um and now we cut to the pilot um so what's his name captain vera del rey uh they had been in the air for eight hours and it was 5,563 miles Mm. uh and they started to descend towards madrid's bajaras airport um the arrival will be at 8 a.m local time and um i want to get on a plane and go somewhere oh don't you though i would love to anyway um so they pass over toledo uh, which I thought was only in Ohio. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. I'm like, wait, they went to Ohio? I thought this story was Spain, Madrid. Mm, it is, but apparently Or Toledo- Madrid, Spain. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Girl, yes. Uh, so at that point, once they pass over it, uh, the captain, Vera Del Rey, lets down the landing gear. Um, Like, what height do you think they're at when they let down the landing gear? Mm, not, not that it has to be in there, but... It you doesn't think, like say, a couple hundred feet. Yeah, I would above? think a couple hundred feet. So if they plop um, out of that, they're not in the story. <laughs> so it does say 200 miles per hour turbulence swirled through the wheel wells. So like Ooh, lots of wind and shenanigans shit, yeah. as the wheel wells open. Um, Didn't and, even think about that. Yeah, and then uh, they landed, and there was a spurt of flame and smoke as the wheels touched down at about 140 miles per hour. <sighs> so it was per- it was a perfect landing. Congratulations, Captain. Vera Del Rey um and they did a brief post-flight check and they walked down the ramp steps and stood by the nose of the plane because he was waiting for someone to come pick him and the crew up because that's how it worked Mm -hmm. in the 60s in Madrid um but nearby there was a sudden soft plop of a frozen body Armando Sacaras Ramirez fell to the concrete beneath the plane oh god just a fucking frozen mess. Just a plop of a plop. Yeah. So uh, there was a guy, a security guard named Jose Rocha Lorenzana, a security guard. They better let him stay because I feel like if you go through that much trouble. They do. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, he, reached, he reaches the crumple figure and he touches the guy's clothes and he said they were frozen like they were made out of wood. Oh, God. His clothes were frozen like wood. Um. And he said he, um, Armando was making noises. He said all he did was make a strange sound, a kind of moan. So um, the captain couldn't believe it at first, and he went over to see him, and he had ice covering his nose and mouth. He said, and his color, impossible. Sounds Sorry, awful. I don't mean to laugh. That's so terrible. But like, I'm just envisioning this in my head, and I'm like, I'm picturing like a, a Cuban kid in like a flannel shirt with like. That's all ice blue. Just because it was yeah. so cold. And just, and just like ice just yeah. everywhere. 
Um, so he said, the first thing I remember after I lost consciousness, so he lost consciousness up in the air, uh, it was hitting the ground in the Madrid airport. So he basically like, when he started feeling lightheaded, he passed out from the cold. And then the next thing he remembered is that he fell out on the runway. (laughs) Sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but it's He's lucky he didn't fall out when the wheels came out initially. Yeah. So he blacked out again and then he woke up at the hospital um and at that point he was more dead than alive so they took his temperature and it was so low that it the thermometer didn't even register the temperature (laughs) and his first question was am i in spain (laughs) tell me i'm not in cuba yay and then he said where's jorge and jorge is believed to have been knocked down by the jet blast while trying to climb into the other wheel well and probably put in prison in cuba oh really Mm -hmm. so they don't yeah so they do not believe that he made it on the plane, and they do not believe that he lived. They think he went to prison, which is like what they were Still fearing. Still to this day, they don't know. Don't know. Mm-mm. Okay. Doctors later said the condition was comparable to that of a patient who went under uh, underwent a deep freeze surgery. And usually it's performed under very carefully controlled um, circumstances. So they like so have to bring the well. body temperature down, very <laughs> controlled, and da-da-da-da-da. So they called his survival a medical miracle. Um, Let's see. Um, So it's estimated that at the altitude they were flying at, which was 29,000 feet, Mm -hmm. it was a temperature of 41 degrees below zero. Oh. And it said a person would be expected to only live a few minutes in those kind of conditions. And they also said that, like the chances of not being crushed by the retracting double wheels because it wasn't just one wheel it was like two wheels it was yeah. a big fl- it was a big plane um were one in a million mm-hmm. damn so he was just meant to yeah in Spain. yes huh. so a few days after the escape um he was up and around walking around the hospital and he was playing cards with police officers there and reading stacks of letters from all over the world and he said i especially like the one from a girl in california wink wink you are a hero, she wrote, but not very wise. <laughs> I agree. I agree, girl. <clears throat> His uncle, uh, who lives in New Jersey, telephoned and invited um, Armando to come live with him in the United States, which is what he always wanted. Wait, he had an uncle in New Jersey? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think probably escaped. Yeah. Um, and the International Rescue Committee arranged for his passage and continued to help me. Aww. So he was able to make it to America. and On a normal flight. Yeah. He didn't have to go in a wheel well and <laughs> freeze to death. Um, so at the time this article was published, which was very close to the time this all happened, he said, I'm fine now. I live with my uncle and I go to school to learn English. I still hope to study to be an artist. I want to be a good citizen and contribute something to this country, for I love it here. You can smell freedom in the air. Aww. So that is the story. Where do you think he is now? Um, I have that. Oh. Mm. oh darn armando sacaras ramirez is now 69 <sighs> again my favorite number <laughs> but not your favorite but your favorite not my favorite position but my favorite number <laughs> uh and he lives in virginia he retired from the transportation industry he and his wife have four children mm-hmm. and 12 grandchildren and this story wow. originally appeared in january 1970 issue of reader's digest reader's digest just mm. Mm. Love it. Amazing. So that's the story of Armando Socorro Ramirez. Great story. Great. Good job. Thank you. Thank that was you. good. Okay, good. <laughs> I was so nervous. I've heard 
that story before, but I didn't know any of the details of it. Yeah. I just can't, how do you survive negative 41? I wouldn't. I would just be like, I'm done. Yeah. The I, wheel, the whole, no. The crushing. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Oh, hi, Mo. Kitty cat's in the room. Okay. Kenny. Okay. I'll preface this one. It's nothing cruel, but it's more comical. Okay. It's going gonna, it's gonna to sound cruel. Okay. OKC jailers face cruelty charges after doing what? OKC. Oklahoma City. Oh, jailers. jailers. Okay. Face cruelty charges after doing what? Obviously to the people in prison. Yeah. Um, first thought was peeing on them. But that is cruel. But he said it's comical. Yeah, it's that's more true. comical. Damn it. Okay. Yeah. Um, is it they made them wear hats? Funny hats? Like funny hats? Okay. Like birthday hat? Like it's your birthday, you have to wear yeah. this hat? Oh, that's a good one, I'm Just Jenny. like walking around in it? Yeah. Yeah, like you just have to wear this fucking mm. hat. Yeah, I don't know. Go okay. ahead. Uh, they played Baby Shark on loop. Oh, I oh, saw that. Oh, that is cruel. <laughs> <laughs> on loop and very loud for hours on end, they said. Okay, that is cruel. I figured you would have an opinion on that. Um, we don't, we weren't a huge baby shark. Like it came out when Declan was slightly too young mm-hmm. to like really get into it. We do have a baby shark stuffed animal floating around somewhere. Uh-huh. Um, and that well, you left that at the other house, right? Sh- <laughs> yeah. All the annoying stuff got left at the house. <laughs> um, I don't, there's lots of songs that could be considered annoying, but that, I feel like pretty much any song you play in repeat could be considered that. Yeah. I don't have kids, but that song, that song is, is fucking is annoying. annoying. Yeah. Um, no, Declan's favorite song to sing on repeat is um, Where is Daddy Finger? Where is Daddy Finger? Here I am. Oh. Here I am. How are you today, sir? Very, Very well, well, I thank you. you. Run away. Is there a French version? Yes. Um, we learned that when we were little. I, yeah. I, I, I don't remember it, but yeah. We could try and speak French right now, but I don't think that's a smart plan. Oh, think, oh, whatever. Okay. Yeah. I can sing uh, Hickory Dickory Dock in French. Oh. Yeah. Are you ready? You mm-hmm. want me to do it right yeah. now? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Great. Hickory Dickory Dock. Sorry on ton tic-tac. Alonso la sorry pompeur. Is that just pig Hickory Latin? Dickory Dock. No, it's really the French version. <laughs> French was my minor said, in Hickory college. Hickory Dickory Dock. Hickory Dickory Dock. <laughs> well, you don't pig Latin. No, you do not pronounce the H, but... Uh, I can tell you that I that was my minor in college, and I would like to say I do not remember how to speak anything. So oh, I took one year of French in high school, and all I remember is levez-vous and un par de pizza. Ooh, because it. you want discotheque. Ah, the discotheque. The discotheque. <laughs> okay. Well, I love that. That I mean, it's terrible. They shouldn't do that. They should. Do Did that. they get in trouble for it? Yeah, I think they got oh. fired and are oh. facing charges right now. Torture so, charges? I, th- I think they classified it as torture. You know what song would be equally terrible for that? Is that do you remember that Friday song? It's Friday, mm-hmm. Friday. Yes. Awful. And, uh, it's not the best, but I, I feel bad it. for that girl. It came out. She has a real album out, I think now. Well, yeah. uh, it came out in high school with us, and me and my buddy we did the broadcast at school, where it was like every Friday. You know, mm-hmm. we ended it. Every single week with that song, and we got hear so it. many complaints from people. We just annoy people. All the time. Uh, this is amazing. Yeah, I like it. At my old job, one of the graphics guys would always play it on Friday, and it was really fucking annoying. I hated it. Yikes. Anyway, um, hey, we're I, back. Hey, hey, that's great. 
Um, all right. So thanks for listening. We will see you guys next week. We promise not to take a whole lot of time off. Maybe around the holidays, though, you might get ready. Prepare yourself mentally for that. A couple weeks. Yeah. We deserve. I feel like we've been doing this long enough where we can run some repeats around the holidays. Yes. But thank you so much for listening. We mm-hmm. will see you guys next week. And um, yeah, have a great rest of your week. Bye. Bye. Bye.